Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to our live stream this morning. We want to welcome each and every one of you. I want to ask you this though. Can you please hit share on all of your electronic devices as we get ready to worship the Lord? I want to read a scripture. It's Isaiah 61 verse 3. It says that the Lord will give you beauty for ashes, but that he will also give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. As we get ready to enter into praise and worship, we're going to have the opportunity not only to worship the Lord in our worship, but also in word and also in our giving. So Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy, God, for your hedge of protection over each and every one of our lives. As we enter into praise your holy name, let us give glory and honor to who you are and what you've done in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, church, wherever you're at, we want to encourage you to get on up. If it's your living room, your room, your office, your work, or car, come on, worship team, let's worship. Come on, church, we want y'all to clap with us.
his goodness. How it set me free, I'm gonna run, 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 run all night. Come on, church. slow it down, God. We want to focus on your glory. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for you being a healing Jesus, a restoration type of Jesus, a God that breaks breakthroughs type of Jesus. God, we lift your name on high because only your name is going to get us through everything, God. Wherever you are, we want to encourage you to speak this name, Jesus. Say it with me, church. Jesus. 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 God, we give you the glory. It's 
It's a privilege to worship you, maker of all universe. It's an honor just to stand before you with the grateful heart. Claiming, Lord, you reign. With a grateful heart, I lift my hands to you. Proclaiming, Lord, you reign. Cause, Lord, you
Great are you, Lord. From your heart, come on. Great are you, Lord. Great. online those that are in the sanctuary let's pray uh, together father in the name of Jesus we declare that you are great you are a great great God and Lord today we adore you we lift you up on high we worship you we magnify you Lord God that the lips our lips praise you let our heart adore you father we worship you today lord god we glorify you today lord god be magnified be glorified lord god be honored be honored lord god father we worship you and we praise you lord there's none like you we glorify you father we ask father that you father fill us freshly with your holy ghost father god Fill our families freshly with your presence, Lord God. I pray for all those in the house and all those online, Lord God, that you prepare our hearts for your word. Show us mysteries out of your word. 
Show us revelation out of your word, Lord God. We look to your word today. We don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We look to your word. Let your word, Father God, grow. Let your word speak, Father God, for your servants are listening. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, good morning to all those online as well as everybody who's in the sanctuary. The few of you that are into the sanctuary today, God bless you, God bless you. Um, praise the Lord. It's good to be uh, connected with all those watching online this morning, and I want to send a couple shout outs. By the way, if you're watching online, whether YouTube or Facebook, go ahead and hit share. I want you to hit share uh, so that other people can uh, connect with us today as we get into the Word of God. I want to send a couple shouts out to those uh, that are watching online. I see a couple uh, brothers and sisters want to send a shout out to uh, Sister uh, Wendy Wolf. God bless you. I believe you're from Carson. Uh, Jesse from the city of Paramount, watching from the city of Paramount. Tina Ash from the uh, Orange County. Thanks for joining. Dora from Paramount. Thanks for joining us. Elda, uh, Kristen, God bless you. Norma, I see you out there. God bless you. Art, praise the Lord. Brother Art said God healed him. Brother better run to the house of the Lord and testify. You got about 40 minutes to get to the house of the Lord and testify. Andra, God bless you. Uh, Pastor Irene, watching from home. You and the family, the Ramirez family, God bless you. Alexandra, who leads our flag worship team, God bless you. Rebecca Lopez, all the way from New York. Give it up for Rebecca in New York. God bless you. God bless you. Elaine, all the way from the CPT, all the way from Compton watching us. God bless you, Elaine. Want to just send a shout out and God bless everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is Brian and I get to serve as the pastor here of Chapel of Change. And uh, for those that you do not know, uh, last week, several of our pastors and key leaders got uh, sick, and praise God, they're recovering now, they're, and some of them are already healed, uh, but we made a decision just for this weekend uh, to have online service only here at 10 a.m. and no in-person service just for this weekend, and the reason why we did that is to give our awesome volunteers and workers rest, to give them rest. I mean, we have about six services on the weekend, uh, two in the middle of the week, and it takes effort to put together services. It takes effort to have operations and children's ministry, the worship team, right? It, it takes effort to be behind the camera. It takes effort to uh, the host team. It just it takes effort. And so uh, we wanted to give our volunteers one weekend of rest. <laughs> One weekend of rest. So we're going to resume uh, in-person worship service next weekend. Next weekend, help us give the word out. Saturday at Whittier and then Sunday, Carson, Paramount, and Long Beach. But we're also going to have in-person prayer in, on Wednesday at Carson and then on Thursday uh, in Paramount. So this week, God willing, we're going to resume uh, in-person service. What we're asking is, what I'm asking is, if you do not feel well, if you're sick, 
We're asking that you worship from online until you get well. Someone should say amen. Until you get well. Uh, and if you need extra support, contact us and we will figure out how to support you and pray for you. But it's just not a wise thing uh, to have flu-like symptoms and come into a closed room. Would somebody agree with that? Just not wise to do. So if you're not feeling well, please just worship with, with us online. If you need extra support, let us know. We're here to help you and pray with you and support you. Uh, but we want to also protect everybody uh, that's coming to church physically. We don't want to have to shut down or anything like that. Does anybody agree with that? Is that all right? Is that all right? Just until we get through this phase, and I, I believe we're, we're, we're going through, we're going through that, that, you know, we got to be thankful that God brought us through these last 18 months. Anybody thankful that God brought us through this 18 months? Anybody thankful out there that God brought us through this 18 months? Man, the whole world been upside down, and it's been stressful, but praise the Lord, we still got our praise. I said we still got our praise. Right? Still got our praise. Still got our worship. Still got our, our testimony. Brother Art just said he was healed. You should testify. All right, write it down in the comments what God healed you from. Amen. Also, I want to send a shout out to Jonathan and Jeremy watching all the way from Whittier, uh, California. And Jonathan, I don't know where he's at, but he's watching somewhere. So we praise God uh, for you. I want you to get out your Bible because uh, we're going to prepare for the Word of God. I'm excited to be teaching today and preaching today. I really believe that God has a Word for somebody uh, this morning. Before I get into the Word, we're going to watch a short uh, video, uh, and then I'm going to come back up, and we're going to get into the Word this morning, and I believe that God is going to strengthen somebody's faith. Amen. Let's show uh, that video in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Chapel of Change. Bienvenidos a Capilla de Transformación. My name is Sandy and I serve at the Long Beach campus. We at Chapel of Change are so excited that you are worshiping with us today. Are you new? Make sure you pick up your free CD of Pastor Brian's testimony at the Welcome Center before you leave. Stay connected with Pastor Brian as well as Chapel of Change by texting your name to 562-393-7330. You can also send in any prayer requests that you may have. Do you want to be used by God to give fresh hope? Sign up to serve on our host team. Our host team is made up of our ushers and greeters and are the life of our church. You can sign up by texting HOST to 562-393-7330. Seven three zero. Now let us grab our Bible and get ready for the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise everybody in the sanctuary and all those online. Let's praise the Lord. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark, the book of Mark chapter 10, the book of Mark chapter 10, and we eventually are going to read verses 17 through 31, 17 through 31. As you're turning to Mark chapter 10, I'm super excited to announce that this Thursday, everybody say this Thursday, this Thursday, uh, the Dr. Phil show is going to be airing uh, my uh, story 
as part of his efforts to help uh, this re uh, rebellious young man. And so in the whole kind of program, they kind of called me over there to kind of record my story and have me speak a little bit into this young man's life. So we're super excited. Uh, the Dr. Phil Show this Thursday, uh, go on Google and find out the local listing or the showings of where it's showing in your area. Dr. Phil Show is syndicated across the world, so it's going to be at different time zones wherever you're watching at. But we're super excited because it's going to be the first time that the Lord shares my story with over a million people at one time. With over a million people at one time. Come on, somebody. It's going to be the first time in, in over a million people at one time. And I just want to give God praise because y'all know my testimony. I came from a one-man cell. Hello. One-man cell underneath the ground. No, it wasn't underneath the ground, but it felt like it was underneath the ground. And the Lord told me, he said, Brian, if you serve me and don't give up, Eventually, I'm going to break you free from this life sentence to impact the world with the gospel. So what y'all are seeing this Thursday in the Dr. Phil show is prophetic fulfillment. And it should encourage us. Don't ever give up on the Lord. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep pressing forward. For the Lord is not done with you yet. Someone shout amen. So um, today we're going to be... Uh, starting a new series entitled All In. Someone say All In. And we're going to be kind of dealing with this theme on what does it mean to be all in, all in. Now, to be all in uh, also means to be sold out for Jesus and his kingdom. It means to be fully committed. Someone say fully committed. Uh, fully committed to Jesus and his kingdom. So when we talk, that's our theme actually for this year is all in. We want to be all in for Jesus and we want to be all in for Jesus's mission uh, in this world. Now, the opposite of all in means to be half stepping, half stepping. The opposite of all in means to be part time. The Lord don't want no part time Christians. The Lord don't want no part-time servants. So the opposite of all in means to be limited, like you're limited. I'm only, I'm only going to give the Lord a portion. I'm only going to give the Lord some. H hello, somebody. W what did God do for you? God did everything for you. God went all in for us. And so we're called to go all in for him. And we want you to be all in this year. We want you to be all in for Jesus. We want you to be all in for Jesus's kingdom this year, and we want you to be all in for our church's mission to give fresh hope. We got a lot of new people at our church these last 18 months, praise the Lord. And I want to remind you that our mission, Chapel of Change mission, is to give the fresh hope of King Jesus and his kingdom to this hurting world. That's our mission right there. That's why we exist. That's why we're alive today. That's why God is allowing us to breathe right now. That's why God is allowing our hearts to be beating in our body because our mission is to give the fresh hope of King Jesus and his kingdom to this hurting world. And in this last 18 months, I, in this last 18 months, this whole world has been crushed. This, this last 18 months, families have been crushed. 
people have been crushed, and the world needs fresh hope. And I really believe that God has called Chapel of Change for such a time as this. So I want to invite you that are, that are watching online, I want to invite everybody who's in the sanctuary today to take this journey with us this year, 2022, as we go all in for the Lord. I invite you to take this journey with us as we go all in for the Lord. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, verses 17. And we are going to be examining these next couple weeks this shocking uh, encounter that Jesus has with a rich, young influencer. It is a shocking encounter. And we're going to be, for the next several weeks, we're going to kind of hold up this story like a diamond. And we're going to kind of turn it on its hinges. And we're going we're gonna to look into the Word of God for these next several weeks, particularly this story. And, and this is a shocking story of this rich young influencer. And this story, when, 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 when you get what I'm about to teach you these next couple of weeks, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to strengthen your faith. It's going to shock you a little bit. It's going to open up your eyes. And I really believe that if you take this journey with us in studying about this rich young ruler, uh, it's going to help you to be all in for the kingdom of God, all in. So let me, let me read verses 17 through 31. Now, this is a long passage, so I need you to stick with me. If you're online, stick with me. If you're in the sanctuary, stick with me. We, we love the Word of God at Chapel of Change, right? We love the Word of God. So listen, listen to what this story, how this story goes. It says, now as Jesus was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, good teacher. Someone say good teacher. Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to Jesus, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Isn't it interesting that one thing can throw us all off? Isn't it fascinating that one thing can just throw everything all off? Listen to what Jesus says. He says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word. And went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Look at verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Pause for a second. 
I'm going to continue to read in a moment, but just pause. I want to clarify something. I want to note something uh, just for our study, for the sake of our study. I want you to note that this individual's issue uh, was trusting in his riches or trusting in his money. That was this individual's I issue. That's why Jesus had to clarify. He, he, he first said how hard it is for rich people to enter the kingdom of God, but then he kind of clarified and said how hard it is for those who trust in their riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the reason why I'm clarifying this is because this individual's issue was the love of money, but you might have another issue. You might have another issue. So I don't want you to check out and say, well, you, you know, that guy had money, he had influence, he had big homes, and that's not me, therefore this does not apply to me. No, 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 no. His issue was trusting in money, but you might be trusting in something else. Your issue might be a relationship. Your issue might be a lifestyle that you built up that you don't want to give up. Your issue might you be trusting in your home or you're trusting in your retirement or maybe your job. I don't know. Everybody has different issues. But I don't want you to check out because we're dealing right here specifically with a rich young guy and say, oh, it doesn't apply to me. No, 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 no. Everybody got different issues. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Your issue may be something else. So let's get back into the word uh, uh, verse 26. I'm almost done. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Come on, somebody, let's praise the Lord for that statement. Man, that's a powerful promise right there, right? Well, we got we to gotta just pause for that for, on a second. With all things God are, is possible. With all things God is with God, all things are possible. Now, there's a particular context of what, why Jesus said that, but the general statement is true, too, that nothing is impossible with God. And that's so powerful. I just wanted to pause because maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're facing some type of obstacle, and you need to know that with God, all things are possible. So let's finish up the story, verses 28. Then Peter, <laughs> then Peter began to say to him, I love Peter because he always put his foot in his mouth. I love Peter because he was, he, he was always jumping out. Like he wanted to clarify something right here, right? That he wanted to clarify because the rich young ruler just walked away. And no, Peter, you know, he wanted to clarify that he was good. And, and he steps up and says, then Peter says to him, see, we have left all and followed you. He, he just wanted to make sure that Jesus knew that he was good, kind of like my kids, right? When one messes up, the other one steps up and says, hey, but I'm all right. I'm all right. And look at verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land. So God is not opposed to you having things. He's, he's not opposed to you having things. Hello, somebody. He's opposed to things having you. That's the issue. Not opposed to you having money. He's opposed to money having you. He's not opposed to you having possessions. He's opposed to you being possessed by your possessions. Hello, somebody. 
So he says, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. But get this, with persecution. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Because <laughs> we praise God for the material things and we thank God for money because we all need money and, and money of itself is okay as long as it's right in its rightful place. Praise God that we have some money in our pocket, amen. But he also said with persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. Now here's the last verse. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you show us, teach us, open up our eyes this morning, Lord, to the wonders in your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray it. Everyone says, amen. So, the next couple weeks, we're going to be examining this shocking interaction with Jesus between Jesus and this rich, young ruler. He was rich, he was young, and he was dumb. And I want us to look at this because it's shocking. And I want to encourage you at home and all those in the sanctuary that throughout the week, go back to this passage of Scripture. Meditate upon it. Read upon it. Because this is a shocking encounter. It is an astounding uh, encounter. It's astonishing. It's, it's fascinating fascinating. In verse 26, the disciples, they responded to this uh, encounter by, but the Bible says they were greatly astonished. They were greatly astonished. And so we're going to, as we look into this story, I believe it's going to strengthen our faith. I believe it's going to strengthen our souls, but I also believe it's going to kind of shake us up a little bit. It's going to shake us up a little because it's shocking. And it's shocking on several layers, several layers. Let me, let me just throw out some reasons why this encounter is shocking. I'm not going to expound on these points today. I'm going to start off next week. But let me just throw out some reasons why this encounter is so shocking. Well, one, number one, the rich young ruler was so close, yet he was so far away. He was so close to his treasure in heaven, but he was so far away. He was so close to his destiny, but he was so far away. Is it possible to be so close to what God wants for you, but yet so far away? We're, we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Another thing that makes this shocking is that he turns down Jesus. He turns down Jesus. He walks away from Jesus sad. Who turns down Jesus? In fact, he's the only one who ever directly turned down Jesus. The only one. Now, there were some people that walked away from Jesus in crowds. But he's the only one whom Jesus directly told him, follow me. And he turned around and turns down Jesus. Who turns down Jesus? There's some issues going on. There's some issues going on. And not only that, he walks away sad. He walks away sad. Who walks away sad from Jesus? You're supposed to walk away filled with the Holy Ghost. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus baptized in fire. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus blessed. There's some issues going on in this story here. There's some issues going on that we're going to dive into these next couple of weeks. This brother walked away from Jesus sad. He walked away from Jesus sad. Another reason why this encounter is, is shocking is that Jesus blows up his religious views. 
Jesus, like, we're going to get into it, but Jesus literally, like, Jesus doesn't massage him. Jesus doesn't, like, encourage him in the traditional way, right? No, Jesus blows him up. Jesus blows him up. And here's another thing that's shocking in this encounter that we're going to dive into uh, next week is Jesus does not give him the gospel. Jesus does not give him the good news. Jesus doesn't give him the good news, Pastor Martin. <laughs> he doesn't, you would think that Jesus would give him the gospel. You would think that Jesus would give him the good news. He's, he, he's messed up. There's something wrong with him. Let's give him the good news. You know, Jesus doesn't do that. It's shocking. It's shocking. We're going to dive into this. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to teach on this in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to be strengthened uh, by it. But today, today, I'm going to teach you the main lesson of this encounter with Jesus. See, before we can go into the many other lessons, uh, we need to get the main lesson. So many times we skip the main thing, right? So I wanna, today, in the short amount of time that we have in our study, I'm gonna give you the main lesson, the main lesson, and then next week we're gonna come back and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna rip it apart and you're gonna just see some different things in this, in this word that's really, gonna, that's really gonna encourage you. But we cannot skip the main lesson. Are you following along? Can't skip the main lesson. So here's the main lesson, all right? Here's the main lesson. Salvation is not a human achievement. Salvation is not a human achievement. Here's the main lesson. And for some of y'all, I know it sounds simple, but we can't skip it. You know why? Because it's the Word of God. And I would be doing an unjust thing to the Word of God as a teacher of God's Word to skip the main lesson. I, 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 want, I want to skip the main lesson and get on to these other things that's really going to be, you know, very fascinating and shocking. No, we got to get to the main lesson. Every time you read the Bible, like you read a story, you got to ask the question, what's the main lesson of this story? Or even verse, when you read a verse, you got to ask the, the, the question, what's the main point of this verse? You'll be surprised at how many people skip the main point or the main lesson. So today, we're going to go over the main lesson, and that is salvation is not a human achievement. Salvation is not a human achievement. Now, let me establish uh, this main lesson. So the rich young ruler, he asked in verse 17, he says, What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This is what he asked Jesus. What shall I do? that I may internal, uh, uh, inherit eternal life. And then when you read the story, Jesus refers to entering to the kingdom of God in verse 23 and verse 24 and verse 25. He talks about entering into the kingdom of God. And then in verse 26, the apostles ask the question that is similar. They say, who then can be saved? Are you following along? The rich young ruler, the question was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus turns around, talks about entering into the kingdom of God three times, verse 23, 24, and 25. And then the apostles ask a similar question. They say, who then can be saved? I'm teaching you how to study the Bible, by the way. I'm teaching you how to keep it faithful to the text, to the scripture. So the whole interaction, the whole interaction centers around the question of salvation. Someone say salvation. The whole interaction, this whole shocking interaction 
uh, centers around the question of salvation. And we, we must deal with the answer uh, of, of how one is saved today. And I'm, and I'm thankful that this is like we're, we're beginning a new year, so it's falling into its place. Let's, let's get the main thing and make it the plain thing before we jump into the middle of this year. I, I need you all to get this. So, so we need to deal with this answer of how one is saved. How, how, how we must deal with the answer of how one enters into the kingdom of God. Got to deal with that. Got to, got to nail that today. Are you along? Are, are you following along with me? Now, you can fail many tests in life and still be okay, but this is one test you cannot fail. There are many tests in life that you could fail. Like I'm, you know, all y'all in ministry, I be giving you out tests. You don't even know I'm giving you out tests. I just be throwing out tests. And some of them you could fail and still be okay because we're going to give you another chance. We're going to give you another chance, right? But this test right here that Jesus gives, you cannot get 95% right on this and be okay. You got to get 100%. Got to get 100% on this question. Are you following along? Because eternity hangs in the, in the balance. Eternity hangs in the balance. And, and you would be shocked. Those watching online, those in the, in the sanctuary, I'm glad you guys are here, giving me some encouragement here. But you would be surprised at how many people still cannot answer this question correctly. You would be surprised. You would be shocked at how many well-meaning Christians, even Christians that go to church every week, that still cannot answer this question correctly. You, you would be surprised. Even, even people, let's keep it real, even people that come to Chapel Change. We've been, we've been around now for about 10 years this year. It's going to be on 10 years. And there's still people that come to church regularly that cannot answer this question correctly. So I'm glad we're at the beginning of the year. I'm glad we're dealing with this story because uh, I am not going to be held accountable for that. Like, we ain't going to stand on the day of judgment, and you can't get into heaven because you didn't answer that question right. And they're going to be like, well, you went to Brian's church for 20 years. No, no, no. It's not gonna, you're not going to be able to blame it on me. Are you following along? Are you following along? And you'll be surprised at how many people can't uh, get this answer correct. All you have to do is go to a funeral. All you have to do is go to a funeral and listen to how they speak about life after death. Just, just go. Next time you go to a funeral, listen. Or next time somebody passes away on Facebook and you see how they post uh, on stuff, just listen to how they respond to life after death. You'll be surprised at how many people still get this wrong. Like you'll hear, you'll hear statements that, that say, well, uh, they deserved heaven. Ever heard that statement? They deserved heaven. Or you'll hear statements that say, well, he earned his wings. She earned his wings. Double wrong. Double wrong. You know why? Because number one, you don't earn salvation. And number two, when you die, you don't get wings. <laughs> Double wrong. People are just picking this up and they're running with it. You, you don't earn salvation. And when you die, you don't become an angel. Humans are a different created class than angels. We are crowned with glory and honor. We have free will. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not minimizing angels. They're tough. They're bad. They're, 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 they're one bad mamma jamma, right? But we're a different breed. We're a different breed. Why would I want to be demoted when I die? 
Why would I want to be demoted? I don't want to be demoted. So, so we, no, we do not become angels when we die. I want to settle that right now, particularly all those that are watching on Chapel of Change, so that, that you know that's not Bible. That's not Bible. The Bible teaches that salvation is not a human achievement. It's not a human achievement. Man cannot earn salvation. I need you to get this. Like, I, I need a pause for a second. I need you to get, particularly those that come to Chapel of Change. I wish you were here in the, in the sanctuary. I hope you come back next week because I'm going to be in mostly all the sanctuaries. I'm going to say this again because I need you to get it. That salvation is a free gift accomplished by the work of Jesus on the cross. I need you to get this. I need you to get this, okay? I'm not mad. I'm passionate. Salvation is a free gift accomplished by the work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus did the work of salvation by living a sinful life, by dying in our place on the cross, and then on the third day rising again from the grave. Jesus did the work of salvation by living, I'm giving you the gospel in a nutshell, by living a sinful life, by dying in our place on the cross, and by raising from the grave on the third day. Salvation is not a human achievement. It is a divine work. It is a divine work for God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. And if we, could, if we could talk like family, you were not looking for Jesus up in the club. You weren't looking for Jesus up in the club. You weren't looking for Jesus up in that party. You weren't in that party looking for Jesus. Hello, somebody. We were not looking for Jesus. Jesus came looking for us. And he said in Luke 19.10 that Jesus came to seek and to save. He is the Savior, not us. He is the Savior. Got to get this. Because when, you, when, when we talk in terms that, oh, we, he earned salvation or he earned the right to be in heaven, or when you talk in the terms of he earned the right to enter the kingdom of God, what you are saying is he saved himself. When you talk in that language, you're saying that person saved himself. And that is not Bible. It's not Bible. Turn, it, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I need you to get this. I know I'm pounding the pavement on this, but before I can go into other things, I need to establish this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you're at home, I need you to turn in your Bible. Jonathan, turn in your Bible. Don't just watch this. Get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. This is a Bible study. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Let me read this. I need you to get this. It says, For by grace, someone say grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Did you catch that? That not of yourselves. I need you to catch this. For by grace, what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is favor you do not deserve. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Notice that. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. See, God knows, right? Like, like God knew if I was able to earn my salvation, I would be bragging to y'all. Like, I would be holding it up on my forehead. Like, I did it. Here I am. I'm, I did it. I did it. I, I got it. I earned it. I'm better than you. God knew that we would be bragging. He knew that we would be bragging. So, so this salvation is a free gift. When it comes to works, Jesus did the works. It is by grace, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then just listen to this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Listen to this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. Gift of God. The gift of God. The gift of God. Since when have you ever paid for a gift? If anybody ever wants you to pay for their gift, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fall for it, right? Gift is supposed to be free. A gift is supposed to be free. And then uh, Apostle Peter, he confirmed the truth uh, in Acts chapter 15, verse 11, Acts chapter 15, verse 11, he says, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. We believe that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. Did you catch that? Through the grace of the Lord Jesus. Salvation is not a human achievement. Salvation is a divine work from God. Jesus is the Savior. We are not the Savior. And then Jesus gave a shocking truth in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. He says, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Keyword, receive. Notice that verse, keyword receive. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not, get this keyword, receive the kingdom of God. See, salvation is meant to be received. Salvation is not earned. It's meant to be received. Salvation is not something you do. It's something you receive. Are you following along? Salvation is not something you earn. It's something you receive. Salvation is not something you do. It is something you receive. So, I received salvation at the age of 17, 18 years old in the L.A. County Jail, having just been convicted of murder. And I was in that cell, and I received the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't do anything to earn that salvation. If I would have died before I received that salvation, I would have went to hell. I would have went to hell. That's why this question is so important. No wonder why the enemy wants to deceive us on this question. Because eternity is at stake. If I, if I didn't receive that salvation, if I, if I would have died before I received that salvation, I would have went to hell. And so for, for, for 29 years now, as the result of salvation, I've been doing good works. For 29 years now, as the result of my salvation, 
I have been doing good. I've been, for the most part, I act out every now and then, but for the most part, I, I've been doing good. I've been doing good. But, but here's what I want you to catch. Here's what I want you to catch. All those in, in the house and those watching online, here's what I want you to catch. I was just as saved 29 years ago as I am today. Do you catch that? I was just as saved the moment I surrendered my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ as I am today. I was just as saved. You know why? It's because Jesus is the one who saved me. Jesus is the one who saved me. My good works didn't earn me salvation. My good works was a result of my salvation. That's the relationship. But they did not earn my salvation. So how do we know that you're saved, right? How do we know that you're saved? There's many, many ways that we could tell that you're saved, but one way is that you will produce a life of good works. So, so they, good works is evidence of your salvation, but good works do not produce your salvation. I need you to get this. I need you to get this. See, unless we realize we are helpless, unless we realize that we are sinful, unless we realize that we are needy and that we're messed up, we're not going to receive salvation. Unless we realize that we're sinful, unless we realize that we're needy, unless we realize that we're messed up, we are not going to receive salvation. The problem with this rich young ruler is that he thought he was good. The problem with this rich young ruler is that he thought he was good. And it's shocking. Here's the, it's shocking because his goodness messed him up. Think about that for a second. His goodness messed him up. And Jesus had to check him. Jesus had to check him. Jesus said, who are you calling good? You don't even know about good. Who are you calling good? Only one good is God. Jesus had a chin chat. Every now and then, Jesus got to slap us. Every now and then. Every now and then. See, in God's view, we are all helpless. In God's view, we are all needy. In God's view, we're all sinful in need of a Savior. We do not come to God good. We come to God bad. And without Jesus, hello, without Jesus, it's all bad. Without Jesus, it's all bad. Everything without Jesus is nothing. Everything without Jesus is nothing. Everything without Jesus is all bad. Everything without Jesus equals nothing. See, this rich young ruler, this brother had money. He had property. He had influence. He even had good morals. He said he'd been keeping this since he was a kid. He tried to flex on Jesus. He, he said, I've been doing that since I was a little kid. He had a good reputation, but it was still all bad. It was still all bad. He was still going to hell. You know why? Because he didn't have Jesus. Think about this for a second. This is how shocking this story is. He rather walked away from Jesus sad than walk away from the life that he had built up. He had rather walked away from Jesus. And you know what the cold thing is? That story is being repeated today by probably billions of people. They've built up a certain lifestyle, and they rather walk away from Jesus sad than walk away from the lifestyle that God is trying to call them out of. And it's sad. It's shocking that he didn't receive the free gift of eternal life because he didn't realize that he was bad thought he was good. He thought it was all God. I got money. 
I, I haven't cheated on nobody. I got influence. I, I even read my Bible because I've been keeping these laws since I was little. He didn't realize that the law was there to reveal your sin. The law was there to reveal your sin. The law was there to, to help you understand that you need a Savior, not that you don't need a Savior. You see how the enemy comes and twists us up? In Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, it says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. There's none. There's none. There's none. It's Jesus, the one. He comes to seek, and he comes to save. And so may we come to Jesus with an open and humble heart. May we come to Jesus and ask Jesus to do in our hearts what we cannot do. May we ask Jesus, Lord, show us our blind spots. Show us our blind spots. This guy had blind spots in his life. He had everything materialistically and even morally, but he had a major blind spot that was keeping him out of the kingdom of God. I don't want to miss out with what God has for me because I can't see something. Lord, open up my eyes, Lord. Open up my eyes. And may we receive the salvation of the Lord. May we receive it. May we receive it. May we receive it. Listen, salvation is not a human achievement. Salvation is of the Lord from start to finish. The only thing that we bring to salvation is the sin. <laughs> is sin. Is sin. That's the only thing we bring to salvation is the sin that caused it to manifest or caused us to happen. So, Lord, pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. And we ask that you open up our eyes, Lord God. Open up our eyes, Father. Help us to see any blind spots. Lord, don't allow us, Father God, to continue going on thinking that everything is okay this young man thought everything was okay but it wasn't okay Jesus loved him enough to tell him it's not okay it's not okay it's not okay it's not okay in fact I believe that's a word for somebody watching online that it's not okay it's not okay for you to continue to half step it's not okay for you to continue to give God a portion of your heart. It's not okay to think that you could just add Jesus to your life. It's not okay. You must surrender all. You must give up all. You must leave this world to receive eternal life. You must leave this world behind. Jesus is calling you to be all in. He's calling you to be all in. If you're watching online and you recognize that you need a savior and you recognize that you need salvation and you recognize that you cannot do anything to receive it or do it, I should say, but you just want to receive it by faith through God's grace, wherever you're watching from, whether in your living room or in a car, there's somebody out there that needs to surrender to the Lord. Get, get right before God this year. If that is you, it's very simple. Just got to humble your heart. 
Just got to humble your heart before God. Wherever you're at, if you're sitting in the car, just got to humble your heart. If you're in your living room, you just got to humble your heart before God. The Bible says that they that humble themselves, God will lift up. You can't be like this rich man and think that everything is okay. It's not okay. It's not okay for you to live like that. It's not okay for you to come to church once a month. It's not okay for you not to read your Bible. It's not okay for you not to pray. It's not okay. God is requiring more of you. The Lord is requiring more of you. Don't be like this rich man. Don't re be like this rich man and give up eternity for this temporary world. Don't, don't be like that. You're, you're going to get another chance. If that is you, you need to surrender to the Lord. I want to ask that you say this prayer with me. Lord God, I am sorry. I messed up. Please forgive me. I humble myself before you. I repent of my sins. And I put my trust in you, Lord God. I turn from this world. And I turn to you, Lord God. I surrender, Father. In Jesus' name. I surrender. Let me pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, Father, I pray for those who surrender their life to the Lord. I pray for those watching online. I pray for those in the house today. I pray that you strengthen them, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you draw them closer to you. I pray that you deliver them from mediocrity, Lord God. I pray that you set them on fire for you. I pray, Father God, that you help them to give up what they cannot keep in order to receive what no one can take away. I pray, Father God, that you open up the eyes of their understanding. I pray that you fill them with the Holy Ghost, Father God. Help us, Lord, to be all in this year. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I hope you learned something today. Salvation is not a human achievement. I want to invite you to join me next weekend uh, in person uh, to continue this study on the rich young ruler. It's going to bless you. Uh, at this time, we're going to transition uh, to prepare our hearts for our tithes and offering, to give our tithes and offering unto the Lord. Uh, I want to encourage you that Chapel of Change is a church that believes in giving our tithes and offerings to the Lord. We believe that the best investment you can make is into the kingdom of God. We believe that there, you cannot outgive God. And so I want to encourage you to give your best gift unto the Lord today. Uh, you know, Chapel of Change is good ground. It is good ground. We are impacting the world together. And every investment you make into the kingdom of God through Chapel of Change is going to save souls. It's going to give fresh hope. It's going to teach kids about Jesus. It's going to impact cities for Jesus. We have several exciting things that are taking place. Uh, right now as I speak, we are renovating the floor on our nursery. Uh, we're putting a new floor on our nursery that we're excited about. And uh, we're, gonna, we're teaching kids about Jesus. We're about to relaunch our nursery ministry. And you are helping it to happen through your financial gifts. Also, uh, we're encouraged that we are going to be uh, going out 
to host Revival Nights in Dallas, Texas in March. We're going to be hosting Revival in the city of Dallas. So that's another way that we are partnering together to impact the world with the gospel. So I want to encourage you to give. If you're part of Chapel of Change, I want to encourage you to give your tithe. We give our first fruit unto the Lord. You can give online today at chapelofchange.org. Chapelofchange.org. Go to the giving uh, button. Hit that button. It's easy uh, to give. If you want to give through your phone, there's a phone number uh, that you text chapel to. You can we're going to post it on the wall or your screen right now. Just text chapel to that number. Uh, if you want to give in person, we will have a uh, drive-through prayer this evening at 4.30 at our Carson campus. No in-person service, but we will have drive-through prayer. If you need prayer today, you can come to our Carson campus, and we will pray for you at 4.30. 4.30. So as you're preparing to give... Let me make a couple announcements to remind you about a couple key things. We are looking for more volunteers to help us to give fresh hope. We are looking for people that will volunteer once a month on our host team. Our host team is our ushers and greeters. They are the brothers and sisters that set the atmosphere for our different services. They, they, they minister through their smile. They minister through their uh, personality. So if you want to serve, if you want to serve on our host team, please sign up. We're also looking for people to serve once a month in our children's ministry. We're excited. God is sending children to our uh, church, and we're teaching them about Jesus. In fact, in many families, particularly with kids, we are the only one that's teaching them the gospel. We're the only ones teaching them the gospel. And that's an honor. That's a privilege. So we need people to help out once a month in our children's ministry. You could sign up uh, either in person or uh, send us an email. Again, I want to remind you, this Wednesday... We have in-person prayer at our Carson campus, 7 p.m. If you're part of the South Bay area, the Harbor area, or if you just want to pray with us, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. in person, and Thursday, 7 p.m. right here at our Paramount location, we're going to have prayer in person this Thursday night along with worship. We'll have children's ministry and teen ministry also, so I invite you to come back out. And then don't forget next Saturday and Sunday we resume in-person service. We want to worship together. We want to study God's Word together. I pray that the Word that was taught today blesses your soul and it's our tradition to close out with a blessing. So if you want Listen, let's stand to our feet, everybody who's in the sanctuary. And if you're at home and you're able to stand to your feet, I encourage you to stand to your feet. If you're sitting in the car, just lift up your hands unto the Lord. And it's my honor to be able to dismiss with a blessing. And I'm excited to meet you guys Wednesday night or Thursday. Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love. In the name of the Son who died that you could live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who gives you the salvation of the Lord. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Go in peace. Go in peace. God bless you. We love you. See you this week.